Russian. Rules the nation. With Russian. Everybody, welcome back to The Hustle. It's John Lamoureux. Okay, if we're going to talk about the indelible hits of the 80s, we have to talk about Pass the Duchy by Musical Youth. Who can ever forget this classic? This is from 1983. It reached number 10 in the American charts, but it was number one or two throughout most of the rest of the world. It was huge. I remember it so well. I was 10 years old. Of course, I was still awakening to my understanding and my love of music, but I'd never heard anything like it barely heard anything like it since this week's guest is the co-lead singer of musical youth dennis seaton so the band was made up of five kids basically michael and kelvin grant and junior and patrick Waite, and then dennis and they only put out two albums and this was obviously their hugest hit especially in the states anyway and that was pretty much it dennis went on to put out a put out a solo album a couple years later that didn't really go anywhere and that was basically the end of the music career. Unfortunately, the guys fell into a lot of those cliches that we hear about, getting screwed out of the music they deserve and being treated unfairly because they were kids. I mean, imagine being considered washed up while you're still in your teens. What do you do for the rest of your life? Well, thankfully, Dennis passes on a ton of wisdom in this conversation. He's full of advice and perspective and wisdom to pass along to anyone else. He's a very wise man. I was very grateful to talk to him. Thankfully, he had heard our conversation, our episode last year with Ranking Roger. They lived next to each other. They're friends. And uh, that sort of paved the way or warmed him up to talk to us. I'm so grateful that he did. He today is still out there as musical youth with Michael Grant the keyboard player, but that's basically it. They still do gigs. They still play at like, you know, reggae festivals around the world. It's good stuff. He called me from his home in Birmingham. Musical youth were, are one of my earliest musical memories. I okay. was nine when, yeah. uh, past the Duchy came out. And okay. I remember, I think I, I think you guys were on Saturday night live. If right. I remember right. Yeah. 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 And, um, just, I was one of those little kids. I mean, I was almost the same age as you guys, a little bit younger. And mm-hmm. I was the I was one of those kids getting really caught up in like I've never heard reggae before. I've never mm-hmm. seen a bunch of little kids do this stuff. I've never seen black little kids do this. <laughs> it was really, I mean, it was yeah. really impressionable for me. You know, it was a major. It was kind of a major moment. I, I assume you, your family, and the Grants and the Waits, everybody was coming to England from Jamaica. Is that right? No. Oh, our no. families, oh. our parents, 
I mean, Michael and Calvin's and Patrick St. Jr.'s parents, they all came from um, Jamaica. Okay. But my parents well, that's came right, from Small yeah. Islands. They came from Nevis and St. Kitts. Oh, really? Yeah. What's bringing everyone to England? I mean, and I assume these are the same. This is the same kind of migration that's bringing people like Ranking Roger or yes. Neville Staples or yeah. Two Tone, I mean, you know, all those Two Tone yeah. people. What, what's Neville, motivating? Neville was born in Jamaica. You see, where we were born in the UK, so right, we were first right. generation Black British. If you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. Uh huh. So, for us, we didn't know any different. We didn't know the West Indies. Just we just knew it second hand and third hand yeah. from our parents and peers. I'm, I'm assuming Migration. everyone's parents, though, were bringing a real sense of culture. And they were. Of, uh, That's right. You know, he, uh, heritage from the West Indies. What mm. What was motivating the migration, though, for, to the UK specifically? Well, at the time, England was, how can I say it, they needed help rebuilding the country after the war, mm. Mm. and they needed people to do the jobs that, uh, I mean, even now, <laughs> some some British people won't do the jobs migrants yeah. will do if you understand what I'm saying that's the sure. whole point we have that same problem here yeah I mean, yeah. I mean I, I spent a lot of time in America and I you know yeah. I understand what's going on it's right. slightly different in terms of the amount of people yeah, we're yeah. here we're an island 60 million people that they know of you've got yeah. 300 million people that you got to deal with crazy. and it's right. a three hour time difference between the east coast and the west coast yeah. And north and south and east and west, and you got to deal with all that. Whereas here in the UK, the black population is probably in, is the minority in terms of, yeah. you know, how it goes in terms of diaspora of people. Right, right. But influence <laughs> is huh. big, if you understand what I'm saying. Sure, sure. So they, I mean, they did like any other. Um, you know, pioneer would do. They left one place for another in hopes of a they brighter did. future, I guess. Yeah. I mean, but the okay. difference here, the difference with this, though, is that when my parents and Michael Calvin's juniors and Patrick's parents came, we were already a British colony. Mm-hmm. They were coming from yeah. a British colony, so they were tra- okay. taught the British way, the British way of life. So London or England was classed, yeah. held up as this, <laughs> this place of, in, they were almost in awe of the place. So yeah. coming here was like streets paved with gold kind of thing, if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and they were sure. invited. This is what a lot of people forget. They were invited, unlike for oh. black Americans, or oh, like say Afro-Americans, uh, yes. African-Americans, it's, they know the history is, you know, slave, mm-hmm. slavery. Yeah. 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 It, although our parents came from that kind of background, they never suffered it as much, if you understand what I'm saying. So as, mm-hmm. as they landed, mm-hmm. as they came to the UK, as they were registered as British citizens, because they were already a right. colony, they were entitled to the vote, if you understand what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah, they didn't have sure. to fight the vote. <laughs> okay, got it, you know? got it. So you understand, so whereas sure. my parents knew where they were coming from, black America was, well, yeah. your history's slavery. <laughs> sure, <laughs> you know what I mean? oh yeah. Oh, and yeah. That, that's oh, the yeah. difference. And, yeah. and that came sure. home to me. Came home to roost once when I when I was in my when I lived in Los Angeles when I was twenty. Did you really? Yeah, and I remember, uh, and I won't call his name, but he was the head of Island Records at the time and Island Music, mm. and he said mm. he preferred he, he he liked dealing with black British because black British people knew where they were coming from. They didn't have that 
where's uh-huh. my where's my history from? If you understand what I'm saying, he wasn't yeah, yeah. he wasn't being ignorant. He was just right. stating how sure it was for him where black okay. British people knew where they were from. You know, we would yeah. say right, my family's from the West Indies via Africa. Right. Not, okay. There was no mention of slavery. If you understand right. what I'm saying. Yeah. But that's yeah. that's just how it is. And so okay. our parents were brought here to help build the country. Yeah. To make it what it is today, because they were doing jobs that, the menial jobs that British people didn't want to do. Right. So, well, and that's, as you know, that's basically the plight of the Mexican that's population right. here in America. That's right. yeah. yeah. So when you, did your folks find that better life, or were they, <laughs> you know, or were, um, were they kind of treated at like unwanted minorities? Like we, I'm yes. just trying to play, Very much make so. parallels I mean, here between, okay. Where yeah, I live now, the kind of John, stuff we deal with. Yeah. yeah, where I live now, this area alone was incendiary in 1967 when I was born, because uh-huh. on the there was a, obviously there was a, an election, uh-huh. and it's where the rivers. I don't know if you've ever heard of the rivers of blood speech. No, I don't but think so. It's here, in my community, in where I really? live. Really. They used to have on the la- on the lamppost. If you want the N word as a neighbour. Vote Labour. Uh-huh. <laughs> Do you understand? Really? Yeah. That was yes. pinned up on the lamppost. I mean, it was Whoa. the history of where I live is, it's so high. I mean, even okay. Malcolm X came here. <laughs> really? Yeah, he walked the streets here. Oh, man. You have the history. Wow, it's just, uh, it's not easy anywhere for no, a not. minority of a different no. color, is it? No, no. I mean, you, no. you're on the back foot straight away as they look at you. Yes. <laughs> so Jeez. you'd like to believe that people, you know, the better, the good in people would rise up somewhere in some country and some culture. Sounds like it yeah. just doesn't do that almost anywhere, you know? Yeah, that's right. Uh, wow. <laughs> you have to understand oh, that Birmingham is that mix. That's yeah, where you got the likes of Roger and myself. You know, the beat, yeah. how they were, yeah, and what they yeah. did for us. And like you saying that you didn't see black kids. You know, people talk about us and the Jackson 5, mm. but we always made that difference in so much as the Jackson 5 was all singing or dancing. Okay, you could say that um, Tito and Jermaine played bass, and, yeah? But right, when, right. Yeah, the rest of it was all singing and dancing where we were a band, a band. You were, <laughs> okay. Because I, I was curious about that. You mm. know, the joke was has always been that Kelvin's guitar is bigger than he is in yes. those early videos, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, so you guys really were playing those instruments and and playing on those songs. This was not a situation no, no, where this they was were putting no, no. cute kids in front of the screen and Mm-mm. there's stuff going on behind the scenes. I mean, I've listened to that Saturday Night Live performance. Uh-huh. And when you think how many people Saturday Night Live went out oh, to. Oh, totally. Yeah. And who was running the show? Because it was Joan Rivers that was in charge of the show. Really? <laughs> he was running. Joan Rivers was so nice to us. I mean, we never had no problem. But when I listened to the recording of that show, and I listened to it, and I think, wow, we did. We, we pulled, you did it. We did what we did. I mean, wow. we seven days a week, John, you know, seven days a week, probably 30 hours a week. And if you do anything for a long time, you get better at it. Sure. That's, that's sure. the philosophy. If you're doing it right, <laughs> yeah, you're doing something yeah. wrong, rubbish. But no, we we even the record company A and R, even Charlie Air, the record company said, no, these guys have to play. You can bring in session musicians to do certain, yeah. but 
85% of what you hear is us. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I've always, I always assume that. But then, I, uh, you know, in talking to a lot of people now for this podcast and everything, you realize how much, how much kind of puppetry is going on behind the scenes so often. And I thought, oh, I hope yeah. that that's not going on with musical youth. No, no. So, I mean, okay, that's, that's impressive. That is just amazing. Just to show you how this was, we nearly never recorded past the Dutchie. That's, that's, really? That's, Oh, yeah. You felt like your own material was strong enough. You didn't need the well. It wasn't. It wasn't, it wasn't the fact that we didn't need a cover. It was the fact that when we first start, when we first tried to record the single, we wanted to record it in Birmingham. So ah. the producer Peter Collins came up to the studio where we used to rehearse, and instead of saying he didn't like the studio and his surroundings, he made up all kinds of excuses for two days. Two days we tried to, you know, he tried uh-huh. to get us to record the single, and it was all kinds of. And in the end, he, he, he went back and he wasn't happy. wasn't happy with his surroundings. I mean, we we were oblivious to it. It was only when uh-huh. and our guy said, look, you know, uh, the, the producer thinks that you guys can't play your instruments and you're not any good and blah. And then it, that really riled us up then. We were really huh. like, what? What well, are you on about? We play live yeah. all the time. <laughs> so amazing. It was just, it, 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 we, had to, we spent two days getting to know the producer before we went in to record the song. Okay. And he even said wow. he doesn't think it's going to be a hit, so he doesn't want to be paid. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So I got to ask, I mean, was it, I, you, I mean, you can be honest about this if you want, but I mean, but, did they, did you change it to Dutchie from Coochie because it was just too provocative to have, of course. <laughs> Come on, John. Weed. Okay, I assume that, <laughs> we, but I want, you know, I'm not when sure. When we used to record it, when we used to play it live, we used to sing it as Pastor Kochi. Uh-huh. Yeah? Bearing in mind, yeah. we know, we're, we're, I mean, Calvin was nine, ten. Uh-huh. You know, we knew what we were singing about because you, <laughs> if you don't know what you're singing about, what are you singing it for? <laughs> you know, right. and we knew right. we had to change the lyric. You can't have 15-year-old yeah. and 11-year-old boys singing about smoke weed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. Or bong. It was a bong. It okay. was a cutchy pipe filled That's with right. weed or can- ganja. <laughs> so you, even if you listen to the original past, the cutchy, you can hear them in the background. <laughs> That's that's what you hear. <laughs> you can't, you can't get 15-year-old kids singing about that. <laughs> That's right. music, 
with other, and you yeah. get reggae musicians coming, and you're around them. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, you know. Oh, that's so interesting. Okay. And then, and then we exposed and we understood, but we also understood we need as much as the song is popular because that's it was a, a show we did with um, Culture Club. Mm. It's a culture club uh, at a, wow. a, a venue in London called Heaven, a very famous venue, um, uh-huh. gay and lesbian venue, big. I mean, there was about 3,000 people in this venue. We were supporting. Oh, wow. So we come to the end and we do the number one reggae song of the time, which was Pastor Kutchie. Well, uh-huh. the, the audience went absolutely crazy for it. So the A&R guy saw this and said, listen, this song, Pastor Kutchie, is there any way you could change the lyric? And we said, well, we don't know. <laughs> So we went to demo the album, and bearing in mind we're going off, we're playing seven days a week, the gigs were playing, yeah, so we go into the uh-huh. studio on weekend, then we record eight songs, demoing the album, but we did pass the Kutchi twice, yeah, uh-huh. so it first as pass the Kutchi, and then oh, we got it. And said, what are we going to change this lyric to, and we went, Kutchi, Dutchy, right. Mm-hmm. So that was Dutch part. Yeah, okay. It, it's quite straightforward. But then obviously uh-huh. we had to go and change the backing vocals to say how does it feel sure. when you got no food as opposed right. to how does it when you got no herb. Yeah. Was it planned all along that that would be the lead single? Once it, Now it sounded like no one wanted to record it or produce it in the first place, but once no. the album was done, well, was it like this is our obvious... No, actually, to be fair, you're talking about uh, Neville and Linval. Well, yeah. Neville, Linval, and Terry, they had a number one with uh, Lunatics. I see a clinic full of cynics They want to twist the people's wrist They're watching every move we make Uh-huh. 
Scotchy that they said, look, uh-huh. this could be a single if we can yeah. get it right. Yeah. And it was only after we went and recorded it, and the producer tried to get us to record it the way you hear it on the 7-inch. Yeah? Okay, okay. And we couldn't okay. do it. So uh-huh. All he did, he just put a click, he put a click down, and then the, he made sure that we were all in time. And uh-huh. I said to him, why did you do that? He said, well, we knew that we needed to splice it up. You know what, you have cut and paste now on the computer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't do that then. You have to cut tape, sure. physically cut yeah. tape. And uh, he said, wherever I cut it and how I chop it up to the way I want it, it'll always be in time. So that's why okay. we played to the, the, the click. You wouldn't hear the click, but oh, we played in it. time. Got it. And we rec- the 12-inch version that you hear of Pastor mm-hmm. Dutchie is exactly how we recorded it. Really? Yeah. Wow. But so when you hear the 12-inch, the full-length okay. version, that is okay. exactly how we recorded it. When you hear okay. the 7-inch version is what the producer did to chop it up into. I think I'm more familiar with the 7-inch. No, okay. familiar with I'll the go seven. find the 12-inch. If you ever get the okay. full version of the 6, six I think it's 6 minutes, 13 seconds, something like that, not to be okay. precise, but that's oh, how we it. actually recorded it. And that's okay. the way he did it with us, with all this, with okay. all the album. In the end, he just said, right, I'm just going to set you up. You guys are going to go and play to the drummer. And I only sang the, the guide vocal at the beginning. And uh-huh. he took us record the whole album after Dutchie went out um, it took us three weeks in total to record and finish the album really yeah did you write some of the songs I mean were you guys songwriters yes we well? were writing some of the songs so on the first album you've got Youth of Today Gone Straight Blind Boy Mirror Mirror yeah. uh, Young Generation Rockers that's all us I mean, we just need to we need to stress one more time that you are 14 years old. Well, Calvin, happening. 10, Michael's yes. 12, um, Patrick's 13, uh, my, me what? and Junior are 15, Calvin's 11, sorry. That is amazing. Mm. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a huge, not every talented child gets an opportunity to uh, showcase those talents at such a young age, and you mm. guys did. And I mean, was this a situation? And you can you can t- 
tell me I'm wrong if you want, but is this a situation where somebody's parents, you know, you hear about like um, managers, like parents who are sort of stage parents. They just oh, yeah. are really trying no, no, to no. push their kids in front to be of the fair. spotlight. To be fair, Patrick and Junior's dad, Fred Waite Sr., he started, he was lead singer of the band in the beginning. Techniques, right? Yeah, techniques. Oh, he was, yeah, he was the lead singer of your band, yeah. yes. I went to the very okay. first rehearsal. Okay. And I got banned from rehearsals. But because me and Junior, Junior and myself were best friends, I was always there and I'd, you know, I'd hear everything. So when it was time uh-huh. for me to step up, it, I was already, un, I already understood what needed to be done. Yeah. We had an audition wow. and I was the only one who turned up at That's 14. That's amazing. <laughs> but what we insisted was, the B-sides of all the songs was going to be our songs that we wrote. Good. So anytime you see the flip, if you flip over a single, uh-huh. you'll hear all the B-sides is our songs, how we recorded them, and how and we produced them. We wrote them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, going back to that, yeah. didn't I think Past the Duchy sold like 5 million copies. Indeed. Was the, B, was the B-side a song that you had a hand in writing? We wrote the B-side. It was called Please Give Love a Chance. Please give love a chance. Please give love a chance. Cause you got me in a trance. We meet in the street and then you pass me by. You send me a message and I wonder why. But will I ever see you, see you again? Will I ever see you, see you again? Girl, see you again. Girl, you're always leading me on. But now I'm going along. On this podcast, try to talk about the financial side of the business side of these things. Yes. Um, if I remember correctly, you guys kind of got screwed, though, right? We did. Wasn't there? <laughs> you you weren't getting paid for any of this, even no, we, though a single with your name on it sells five million copies. Well, to be fair, to be fair, John, we did get paid. Okay, oh. the first royalty check that came in from Pastor Duchy alone paid for the whole album. So uh-huh. you can imagine, we've recorded this album. We've had an advance of something like uh, 26000 for instruments and a minibus. Mm-hmm. But the album cost £86,000 to make mm-hmm. in total, yeah? Yeah, With the yeah. Show and everything. Well, yeah. in the first royalty statement, that was paid for. Okay. And then some. <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. So, and I know this because I remember seeing the royalty check and how we were going to divide it up between the band. But Interesting. When the band split, Universal now, who were then MCA, uh-huh. some reason, when we left Universal, they paid us off. Now, it's very rare. If you speak to most artists, a lot of them still owe the record company money from the advantage. Yeah. But yeah, we never. A lot. We never. <laughs> we didn't owe them anything. Really? But what we didn't understand on the business side, and it was only after, is that they still had to pay us. Yeah. Brought it. But they didn't yeah. pay us for 18 years. 
Okay, so you were no longer in debt because you made you were successful enough to pay off all the debts, but you yeah. weren't in the black because the you were just kind of breaking even because the label is not paying you on top of that. No, 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 we weren't breaking even. You weren't. No, we weren't breaking even. We didn't owe them anything. Yeah, true. Yes. Yeah. Okay. You understand? But you're because not, you're not lining your pockets. You're not making. You're not reaping the benefits of your success. Because that part is being withheld from by the well, that's lack of knowledge. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, you're if we had people like in our organization yeah. that understood, and we did, which we'll talk about later, but oh, okay, they failed to uh, pass this information on. If you understand what I'm saying. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Yeah. So it was 18 years before 18 you were years. able to kind of get what? Now what happened? I mean, I don't know what you can even say legally, but. Fill us in on how this happened. I can, and say, I can say what I want, but... Oh, good, good. So, okay. what happened was, um, it was only after the wedding singer came out. I wondered the, about that. And the, the album, and that was the best-selling um, soundtrack, soundtrack album of the year. Yeah, I had it. It was an old manager of mine who I, would, who I lived in Los Angeles with for a year when I was doing my solo project that mm. called me up and said, you guys should be well off. I said, what are you on about? And bearing in mind, he worked with me when I was 20, so that was yeah. just after I'd left the band. Yeah. He said, well, your song's in The Wedding Singer, yeah. And I'd called Universal on a couple of times just to find out information, and I kept getting, there's no money here. And I said to the lady, oh, I said, man. I didn't call you about money. Right. I was running my own business at the time, so I said, I didn't call you about money, I called you about information. Why are you talking about money? I ain't called you about money. I don't even... Because I hadn't seen any payments, I don't think there's any money there. Right, right. It's only when we started asking questions. They then oh. sent us a check, a royalty check. Five figures really? each of us. And I'm thinking, hold on a minute. Right. Where's this come from? Because according to you guys, there's no money. But you've sent yes. the check. Why are you sending the check? So then yes. I, asked, I asked again, how long has this money been there? Bearing in mind, we've got one member who's passed away. Right. Yeah? So now, yep. we're not talking about this business. We're talking about human elements here. Sure. And the amount you've sent me is not a little amount. It's a big amount. Yeah. And then when we started scratching the surface, legally, they only had to go back six years. So when we said, right, we want interest on whatever you paid mm. us, that's when the dispute came about. Yes. But they, can, wow. they only have to go back six years. They don't have to go yeah. back 18 Oh, uh, that's too bad. You got screwed out of 12 years. But that, yeah, if you're getting this huge check, it's like, well, why haven't we been getting these all along? Well, that song never was, really went away. You no, know? no. But their excuse was, well, we didn't have your address. And I said, well, my mom lives in the same what? address. She's always lived in. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to send you hundreds of thousands of dollars because we don't have your ad your address. Sure. Bearing in mind, we're talking about a major company. We're not talking about a little tin Yeah. Of course, and they have to deal with that kind of stuff all the time, right? Yeah. I'm sure yeah. there's, there's, there should be a whole department of people looking for addresses for people who deserve royalties. Yeah, but if you, if you, don't, if you don't have to, if you, if you keep it back, listen, if your company's struggling and nobody's yeah. asking, yeah? Yeah. Nobody's tapping yeah, the door saying, look, where's, yeah. where's, my, where's, my, where's my money? Right. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Oh well, well, at least and so you got paid for the for the previous six years by that six point, years. and I assume everything is is in check now. 
right? No. Nope. You're able to. No. No? <laughs> no. What? No, Still because. A problem? Well, we, we discovered you in. Can they not find your address again? No, no. We discovered in chasing that that situation, there were some other shenanigans going on in terms of uh, publishing oh, and uh, yeah. songwriting credits. And we then had to then call in lawyers mm-hmm. to look after a situa- to do a situation. And they're talking to our lawyer who was on a retainer with us. Now, I always work on the philosophy. If you ask somebody a question and they say, come in, sit down, what do you want to know? No problem. Mm-hmm. If you ask mm-hmm. somebody a question and they then say, I've got to call my lawyers, what does that mm-hmm. tell you? Yeah, yeah. Now, you're our lawyer. We're only minors. Our parents don't yeah. know any better. They're not business people. Right. You understand? Yeah, I do. My mum was in the, my mum worked in British Rail for thirty seven years. She knows oh, nothing right. about the music business. Right. And I'm just, I mean wow. nothing. Mike and Carmen's uh-huh. mum and dad and they, they were there. Mm-hmm. My mum's a single parent. Junior and Patrick's mum's a single parent. Their dad's mm-hmm. there from the techniques. He doesn't know the industry as well as he thinks he does. He knows a right. little. Then we got our manager, wow. who's looking after us, or not, so to speak. Yeah, or not, right? Not doing their job. We had people around us who made sure that wherever we went, we went first class. They looked after that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. But yeah. slowly but surely, they were moved out because obviously they're watching the manager to see what he's doing. And oh, these man. same people ended up looking after some of the biggest artists we know. Oh, really? So you look at that and you go, hold on a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And yeah, if you can deliver for these big artists, why aren't you delivering for me? But no, they, them people I, I still speak to, and I also, okay. So you're not you getting know, screwed. Okay. No, they 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 were pulled. They were moved to one okay. side because of, obviously the manager didn't want them there, but he okay. created a situation where he'd have to move them out. Yeah, yeah. These guys made sure we went anywhere first class, and whatever we did, okay. we got paid. That's what they that's what they did. So when but you is, meet is them, is everything adult, in order now? Well, I mean, are you no, okay because now? we're still left with a bit of taste in our mouth because we discovered that we should have been entitled to a, a share of the publishing of Parsa Duchy. Yeah. But we never got it. And it's probably a performance royalty. <laughs> well, like not that, so much. Right? It's a piece of the publishing because we could have done an agreement, okay. even 10%, 15 yeah. 20%. We've got the statement from all the publishers saying that they they decided Pastor the Duchy was a separate entity to Pastor the Kutchy. Right. Yeah, and there's 11 people claiming off that. Okay. 11 publishers. Right. Now, if they agree that Pastor Duchy is a separate, because before Pastor Duchy, there was no, nothing. Pastor Duchy was out there, but it wasn't as big as, it wasn't as, you sure. know, as big yeah, as Pastor Yeah, yours is the version everyone knows. That's right. That would yeah, make you interested yeah. in Pastor Duchy. Where did it come yeah. from? Right. You know, and we never got none of that, and we, yeah, they we have you got proof. Yeah, that. But the lawyer didn't do his, as far as I'm concerned, didn't do his job. And he didn't look after oh, us man. in his job. Yeah. But when we took it to court, he just threw up a shot. Lawyers don't like, lawyers do not like suing other lawyers. And if the judge <laughs> is a lawyer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Statement came. Oh, man. I mean, we blew, we've blown hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to sort this out. And it's still not resolved say. in my book, yeah. in my eyes. It's still not resolved, and I've got to spend my life trying to resolve it. I can't be bitter about it. Uh, I've just got to think, how legally can I get through this? 
And, and like you said, how many, how many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars, are you wasting on lawyers trying to figure it out? And it's just going, it's protracted. It's just going on well, and on. Well, first and foremost, they tried to sue the lawyer, our lawyer. Yeah, negligence. yeah. If that gets knocked out, then you've got to go oh, back man. and say, right, we've now got to look at where's this gun? Right, right. Where's that gun? Oh, okay, so the B-side is our song, but we don't see the publisher for the B-side. Yeah. But why not? Somebody must know. Yeah. You understand, as adults, we look at it and we go, well, why Why aren't these people talking? Right, Why didn't right. our lawyer say, come in, sit down, let me tell you what's going on? Uh, such a <laughs> mess. It makes my head hurt, these stories. I mean, if you think it makes your head hurt, John. <laughs> <laughs> try, try living it. Uh, I can imagine. All I can oh, do right now painful. is sort it out for my kids, because obviously when yeah. I'm not here... They have to deal with it. Sure, sure. You know. What a mess. It oh can be a gosh. mess. It wouldn't be a mess if people were honest and not from yeah. and straight. Right. But what you understand, um, from the age of 15, I remember um, the engineer, our, um, our engineer, Peter Hammond, um, he uh, <laughs> he ended up working with um, Stock Aiken and Waterman, and they called him Mixmaster. He oh, had, but, okay. But he said to me was, Dennis, let me tell you this now. Wherever there's a hit, there's a writ. <laughs> That's true. And I always remember oh, that. Man. Remember that yes. statement. Wherever there's a hit, yeah. there's a writ. <laughs> yeah? Yes. Oh, and, uh, man, that's so true. And I remember another conversation we had, and this is, remember, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly 50 now. Four, 15 years old. What about your publishing? I said, no, nah, no, nah, we decided to share it all. No, no, you shouldn't share your publishing. No, no, we decided to share it all. Because we're a band, and we decided we're going to share it all as a band equally. Right. Yeah, and that was a decision. Even when you look at our records from the lawyer, there was uh-huh. conversations within our lawyers that states that fact that we decided any Good. songs we write is going to go in as the whole band, not just Junior yeah. and myself, who were the main writers. That's, uh, that's probably the better way to go. In fact, the, a lot of the people I've talked to on here who set it up that way. That's right. There's way less animosity among yeah. everybody. It's way, I mean, there may be outside forces, yeah. uh, like lawyers and yeah. legalities that are making problems, mm. but the band itself, because it's all shared, yeah. uh, they at least come off as a united front. Yeah. That's clearly the best way to go. Well, what you have to remember is we had two sets of brothers in the band, yeah. and me. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So True. I'm piggy in the middle. Yeah. But it was only that decision, even at 15, 16, we understood it. Yeah. You might say, well, you're too young to understand. No, we understood. That's amazing. a band, and we're going to work as a band, and we're going to share together as a band. Well, I think it's very clear here how uh, wise beyond your years, not just you, but the five of you guys must have been at that time to Mm. write this music, to deal with it the way that you did, to play those instruments, I mean, it's kind of a miracle. You were like the Hanson, uh, <laughs> you know, the Mbops of your time. I know. <laughs> those I know guys are Hansen. talented, too. That, I mean, I love those guys. They are yeah. extreme, They play their own uh, instruments and write their songs. They're extremely talented, and they came at it from such a young age, just like you guys. Yeah, um, the difference was, though, think about it, John, is they're one family. Yeah, very true. When yeah. you were under one roof, that's easy. Yeah. 
Yeah. When you've got true. three sets of families, yeah. it's a whole different kettle of fish. Well, you've got to remember, for me, when I travelled around the world, I'm with my best friends. Let's get this right. Yeah. But I'm on my own at 15, 16. Mm-hmm. We didn't have internet. We didn't have FaceTime. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. True. Yeah. Very true. My mum let me go off. I'm flying around the world. I, I, I sometimes have to say to people, I have turned left on an aeroplane. <laughs> you know, that's classic. Yeah, I know what right. first class is like. Yeah. So there's not a lot you can impress me with. You have to impress me right. with your character and the way yeah. you behave. Yeah. Can't, you can't do. You can't tell me about money because yeah, true. That's all you're dealing with, and I don't envy any artist. The only artist I envy is the ones who can actually go and perform with their friends in their fifties. Mm. Rolling Stones, you two. Yeah. Those yeah. who can afford, you, 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 do you understand what I'm saying? That's the only sure. thing I, I envy them for. Yeah. I look at the artists now and think to myself, hmm, let's see <laughs> how long you're going to be here. Yeah, you have no idea what you're in for. Oh, no man. passion. And yeah. every artist gets ripped off. Let's get this straight. Yeah. And those yeah. who say they haven't been ripped off don't know it yet. Yeah. Oh, man. It's the music. Tough. People just say it's the business. It is the business. You're dealing with people who would leave you destitute, but two days before were singing your praises. You're the best, yeah. but they would take your money out of your pocket yeah. Yeah. and let you go yeah. without food. <laughs> it's true. Oh, my God. While they're living the For good themselves. life. Yeah, exactly. For themselves. And, and, That's rough. And we have to understand the difference between the two now because you've got artists that were put together. Yeah. A lot of money yeah. was spent promoting it, putting it together, that all of a sudden, when they look at what they've got, they go, well, how comes I've only got this? Well, this is what this cost. This is what mm-hmm. that cost. This is what that yeah. cost. This is what that cost. Yeah. But them artists who, who were put together have to, they don't know. If if if, you, if somebody came to you and said, look, I'm going to make you a multimillionaire and a superstar, mm-hmm. Yeah. But mm-hmm. in the meantime, whilst you're becoming a multimillionaire, I become a multimillionaire that earn more than you. If you should put that contract before them, every one yeah. of them would sign it. Yeah, that's true. They, they seek, would. They seek the fame and glory. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have young people, young guys, young people, young guys that come to me, and I, I to help them out with their their careers. And I'll sit there with their parents, and I'll say to their parents, "You cannot be the manager of your child." Can't be the manager of your child. Let somebody else do that. And I'll give you the example. Michael Jackson. Mm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Beyonce. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because when they sit down to dinner with their parent, they're not right. looking at their parents anymore. They're looking at the business manager. They're looking at their right. manager. They can't get away from it. <laughs> right, right. It's true. It's very true. rare that you have a successful parent as a manager. Very rare. Yeah. I'm yeah. yet to see it. True. Yeah, that's rough. That's true. You're right. And I know um, because I, I, my 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 mom knew nothing about the industry, so I was my my mother's relationship with me is mother mother and son. Really? Not. not. Well, oh, man. my mom's a pushy mom, and she pushed me. Into, <laughs> <laughs> and I always tell. Did you guys? Daughter, um, oh, go ahead. Your my daughter sings. Play? She plays piano. Oh, she, she does. Sings. And I okay. said to her, look, I'll help you. 
I'll help you in any way I can, but I will not manage you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I tell you anybody, can. you have to be the parent because if it all comes crashing down and they decide they don't want to do it, guess what? Right. You're the parent. Right. You're not the cause of, I can't even get home and get away from it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So are you, um, after the band kind of comes apart, <clears throat> you're still little kids. I mean, you're well, still. <laughs> yeah, I mean, teens. I'm still a teenager. <laughs> yeah. I'm still 19. Yeah. And yeah. Did, was, I, were there. I, oh, well, I know you went off to record a solo album. Imagine I did. that. Great album. Yeah, that's right. Out from Stevie Wonder, which I want to ask you about. <laughs> but did you guys. I know that uh, Pat, Patrick. Had, yeah. He's, he passed away. He that's had a right. lot of problems beforehand. Mm-hmm. Kelvin, right. I believe, has had some ups and downs. He has. Did everyone? Did it, did everyone sort of fall into that former child star problem? You know, uh, adolescent period of their life. Or Almost. I mean, how did you? How did you weather a lot of that? I let's put it this way: by the by the time I got to eighteen, I became born again Christian. But the day before my eighteenth oh, birthday, that really? different focus. Yeah. What brought different. that on? Well, my brother became a born-again Christian at a Billy Graham okay. revival meeting here in Birmingham. Wow. Okay. And obviously, my, my, I looked up to my big brother, so you want to sure. be like your brother, don't you? So, yeah. Um, and that's that's what happened to me, so I changed okay. my whole focus. It wasn't that the band was the be-all and end-all for me. Right. And that's but probably then, helped you ever since. I mean, especially during those potentially rough times where you could have uh, yeah, really rough time. fallen You're right. some rough stuff. Yeah, okay. I mean, it wasn't nice, you know. People yeah. see, oh, you used to blah, blah, and they say, okay. Yeah. But then I wasn't talking to Michael and Calvin and Gina. They weren't talking to me. So, hence, huh. I had to find another way through for myself in terms yeah. of when I left the band, I didn't expect them to split up. I just thought they'd find a new lead singer. Why did I you leave? The... Just because you didn't well, want to do it anymore? Or... No, I wasn't... I wasn't happy. And yeah, if okay. we had somebody guiding us at the time saying, right. look, you just guys need to take a break for six months and then, you know, yeah. work out what you're going to do. It right. wasn't about the money for me because I didn't realize I was giving up my wages. <laughs> yeah, right. You know so I, I, for me, my focus was God is there. God is uh-huh. good. He'll look after me. He'll guide my way. And at 18... I was on. I was living in Ireland for six months, touring Ireland. Really? And he could have got off the oh, rails, but I just toured. Just learned my yeah. trade. Just learned my trade. Okay. You know, I went and did live gigs around Ireland for six months. Then I came back, and then I went out to Los Angeles. And I can understand why people lose it when they get to Los Angeles. Yeah, I was going like, to say, wow. yeah. I'm 20 no years kidding. old. No <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I've got a record deal. In L.A., yeah. In L.A., your I'm signed to Island Records. Yeah, going out to dinner with uh, N.W.A. I went to dinner with N.W.A. You did? Mm. Really? I did, yeah. I spent two <laughs> hours with all of them, Easy, Dre, Cube, and Mellow. No. Yeah, yeah. I went to their showcase. What, what is that conversation like? <laughs> what are, I mean, what are you guys talking about at dinner? Well, let's put it this way. It was the time of the Yardies in, in uh, America then. Yeah. And uh-huh. I remember... Sitting opposite Dre and ask, and Dre says, 
you know, I'm introduced to him by um, Kim Bui, who was the A&R guy, A&R person for Island Records at the time in L.A., and she's trying to sign them to Island Records. Uh-huh. And they spent, I asked Dre what he played, and he said, I play an SL 1200 Mark II. It means nothing to me. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Wow. I didn't even know it was a turntable. <laughs> right, right. If I don't see bass, guitar, drums, sure. it's over yeah. my head. I'm a reggae artist. That's right. Yeah. So wow. I'm thinking, okay, so for the whole two hours in this Italian restaurant, Kim's trying to find out what NWA stands for. Oh. When we left, <laughs> when we left, looked at me, she said, Dennis, I know it's done for no whites allowed. And I just laughed. <laughs> I went to see the film straight out of Compton. And uh-huh. got the manager saying it says no whites allowed as a man, but it wasn't. It was her that said it. It's done oh, for no Oh, really? And then oh, classic. the last time I saw Easy alive was in her office. And we wow. shook hands and said hello, and that was it. Did you? I you mean, know. did you become friendly? Were you? Did you no, ever no, we hang cool. out with them? I mean, you spent two okay, hours. Were just cool. Okay, but I was, yeah. I was recording my own stuff, so I was working with sure. Easy. So I'd gone to now, the how did this happen? I mean, I, I think what I, I've heard that Stevie Wonder really took a liking to you guys. He did. Wrote yes. some songs for you. Yes, he did. Wrote some songs for you on your solo album. Is this? Is that right? That's right. Um, what happened was when we came out to Los Angeles, we came out for a weekend to do a film. Um, and when we got there, obviously we were working with Donna Summer, so we did some stuff with Uh Donna. Yeah, Unconditional Love, great song. Um 
Yeah. Then the, um, the other one was uh, See You Later. I recorded right. both of them myself and imagine that, but Stevie produced both of them. Okay. Oh, and sang man. on them as well and appeared in yeah. the video of What You're Talking About with me. Right. Which we yeah, filmed here in Birmingham. And Stevie oh, really? very rarely appears in videos with other artists. Yes. Very rarely. Wow. He came to Birmingham to be in the video with you. He was for... he was here he was here record he was here doing a live gig. Okay. And I was in the studio. We went in the studio. I took him in the studio, and uh, we recorded the part of the video in the studio in, in Birmingham. But we could only oh, use man. 25 seconds. Okay. okay. That's enough. Oh. Yeah, Play 25 seconds of TV, that's fine. Wow. Wow. So, I mean... And then, then we remained so friends well. ever since. Really? That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I mean, well, let's talk for a minute about the height of your fame. I mean, yeah. you guys were a very big deal for a year or two. Yep. Uh, I'm, and you're in LA and you're nominated yep. for Grammys. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, but John, forget nominated for a Grammy. Think about this now. Reggae music in America at that time was oh, yeah. Bob Marley, right? Yeah. Yeah. Bob Marley wasn't nominated for a Grammy award, you know, I know. <laughs> He's in the rock hall of fame. But he was never nominated for a Grammy Award. Right, now, we were right. nominated on the Best New Artist. Mm-hmm. There was no reggae section in the Grammy Awards in 1983. Oh, my gosh. That's it wasn't right. until 1984 that they had a reggae section for no- Grammys. Steel Pulse won the first re- were the first recipients of the reggae artists. Really? From okay, Birmingham. I didn't know that. Yeah, really? I didn't know they were from Birmingham? Yeah. Nice. Steel Pulse okay. are from Birmingham. That's Come on. great. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I love them. Oh, that's great. Wow. So, so but I mean you're you're right there in the thick of like a very big I mean, Michael Jackson's at his height, you know. Right. So Michael Ultra Jackson Club who you guys lost to were at their height. No well, we lost to we we lost to Culture Club. But yeah. also in the best newcomer was Big Country. Oh, one of my favorite bands ever. Oh wow. Right? So you think about this. They got to perform. We didn't. Really? We were there. Oh. Do you understand Man. what I'm saying? Yes. <laughs> oh, we were sat. Bad. We were sat in the auditorium with Irving Azoff and Don King. Yeah. And at the oh, time, God. Don King had just signed the Jacksons to the Victory Tour. Yes. And I remember the uproar about that. I, even at 16, I remember the uproar because you got a boxing promoter. <laughs> 
right. <laughs> has done the deal with the Jacksons. Yeah. But I got to understand, having studied and done, you know, listened, read books and listened to books about the whole situation, I, I, I don't manage to do that. Sure. You know. He was a hustler, right? Of course. He just he got did business it. done. Listen, right. a boxing promoter promoting music, how does that work? Easy. Well, you throw enough green after it, you'll get right. it. He knows how to promote. Doesn't know. Doesn't matter what it is. I remember. I remember reading an article that he paid them. He'd got five million out of Pepsi before they'd even left the house. Oh my gosh! Wow. Nineteen eighty. Wow. Think about it. That's amazing. That's amazing. That guy. So you got to oh, yeah. tell me some stories, though. I mean, like dinner with NWA and air hockey <laughs> yeah, but with Stevie Wonder. But, I mean, I tell mean, me some stuff. <laughs> Okay, so the first, the first things first. Um, when we we went to number one in the UK, we used to drive everywhere, and the first aeroplane ride we t- took, and nobody ever asked us if we were scared of flying. It was just you're catching an uh-huh. aeroplane from London to Newcastle, which is about 600 miles. Uh-huh. So we get on the aeroplane, coming through the airport, we meet. Um, Dex's Midnight Runners. Oh, really? They're a local Birmingham band. See them in the airport. Yeah. Get on the flight. Go to Newcastle. We're on a TV show. And we're on a TV show with Phil Lynott, Thin Lizzy. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Now, black boys coming from Birmingham. Yeah. Phil Lynott, black Irish with an Irish accent. But Phil was cool. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He was cool. That's even more rare. Yes. I, I hear nothing. Uh, I People love Phil. I think Phil is more famous now than he was then. Well, just in terms here's of another, people love him. Yeah. Here's another thing, John. Another statement that I know that I've taken with me for a long time, all my life, as a musician. Uh-huh. Two artists doesn't make his money till he's dead. Yeah, that's true. You hear them oh, statements, man, you go, oh, my so gosh. True. But then you look yeah. at it, you go, Michael Jackson, Bob Marley. Yep. Elvis yeah. Presley. Yeah. The list goes on, doesn't Kurt it? Cobain. Yep. Van yeah. Gogh. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, true. true. <laughs> you, you understand? Because there's no more of them, right? Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, that's when it happens. You look at it and you go, wow. So, John, um, his guitarist at the time, helped to write Here I Go Again. Uh huh. Oh, and that's he. Right. <laughs> He, he sees us on the airplane and sees us backstage at the vet, at the um, TV show and says, uh-huh. have they given you any money? And we're looking at him going, what money? We don't need any money. We're happy. We're happy with our McDonald's <laughs> right. at Kentucky. Right, right. And so he says, here's a fiver each. We're like, what? Five dollars, really? right? Five pounds. <laughs> what? <laughs> and, he, and the record company heard about it, that he gave us five pounds each. I mean, that's only 25 quid, 25 dollars to you uh, guys. Right. Like, that's nothing. And they're upset. The record company's upset. Really? <laughs> yeah, because... Come on. <laughs> it's embarrassing for them. they got a number one artist <laughs> and a, a guitarist from Phil, Phil Linus Band giving us money. <laughs> no way. Right? you got to frame that, right? So, <laughs> you got to frame that so, five quid. Well, that got spent a long time. But anyway... Oh, I'm sure. Um, so we, we, have a, a number, we have a number one party, which... The week before the band went to number one, or even entered the charts, 
the record company didn't expect it to be as successful as it was. Mm-hmm. So they're surprised now. So they're getting calls going, what about your artist? What? Right. The on about, yeah, number one. It was a big deal for them because they hadn't had a number one in the UK with a British artist for the longest time. Oh, and really? About Music Corporation of America, MCA, yeah. now Universal. Wow. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So you have a number one huh. party. And it must have been the cheapest number one party in history. Oh, no way. <laughs> well, because we weren't drinking. <laughs> uh-huh. True, true. Yeah, they didn't right. have to get any women or drugs. That's true. <laughs> so what did we have? Kentucky. <laughs> Kentucky? Kentucky yeah, fried Kentucky. chicken? Yep, yeah, at McDonald's. <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, yeah. man. Oh, so that was our that was our party. That was our number okay. one party. Okay. Wow. But um, it just went uh, for us. In it uh-huh. all, it, it wasn't strange. We just carried on in terms okay. of we we had to go to school. Yeah. Right. Funny enough, when we, we when we went to number one, we were recorded. We'd started recording the album. But now we're successful artists, but uh-huh. we're minors. So the whole oh, right. situation now changes in terms of how much work we're allowed to do throughout the year mm, as minors. Makes sense. Yeah. So now what's curtailing us is the legalities. Where in America, mm. what I understood was they only had to make sure you had school in three hours a day and yeah, you could have okay. homeschool. Where here, we literally went across flew out to Europe, come back, flew out to Los Angeles, come back, flew out to Jamaica for the weekend, come back, and went to school. Really? We went to school. Oh, man. Wow. We have to deal with that as well, but that's what grounded us all. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, when this all came to an end, I think I was reading you became a delivery driver and you worked in a rental car company (laughs) and owned your own rental car company. I did become a delivery driver. I'll tell you okay. what happened was, after I'd come back from America, I delivered dry foods around London, trying okay. to get a deal. You know, I was still recording. Uh, really? Yeah, I was trying to shop for deals, so, and I was, I was working. So you're you're driving, but you're out really out there trying to get a. a I used to take deal. clothes with me, whilst I was delivering. I'd set up a meeting with a, you know, great label to go and play uh-huh. them my stuff. I mean, I had when I signed to Island Records how I got out to Los Angeles to record with Stevie. Uh-huh. I had to go and have a meeting with Chris Blackwell in his apartment in London. Oh, wow. I'm meeting Chris Blackwell. I'm yeah. 20 years old, 19 years old, 20 years old. And Chris listens to my stuff and says, that's interesting. What do you think you'll be doing in five years' time? Now, <laughs> how can you ask an artist what they're going to be doing in five years' time? Right, I know. But I how gave him an answer. Know? And my answer was, okay. well, I'm listening to mainly Stevie and Princeton, so I was supposed to, yeah. And he said, that's interesting. What do you want? So he gave us the deal above okay. his managing director's head, who didn't wow. like <laughs> But he gave us the deal, and we went out uh-huh. to L.A., as, and I, was signed, I still got the contract. I was signed to Island Records. No way. Mm-hmm. And I wow. spent most of my time, if I wasn't in the office or in the studio with Steve, I was down at Island Records down on Sunset, Sunset and Vine. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. But you got to tell, so you went on to 
own your own rental car company, is that right? Yes, I did. I am. Um, okay. The reason I, I want to push on this is because I think it's interesting that you were smart enough uh, and business savvy enough to diversify, even when the music industry, the, your music career kind of basically comes to an end and you're still really young. You're able to pivot to, you know, we'll call it a regular life, the kind of life <laughs> most of us lead. Yeah. But he, you I'm, even do that well, you know. Well, let's I, put this whereas way. a lot of kids don't know how to do anything else. They wouldn't let's have been able way. to do that. I'd made a decision. And I remember uh, my manager at the time, I remember saying, oh, man, this is hard, blah, blah, blah. And he says, what, hard? Uh-huh. He said, you've never done a day's work in your life. He said, you're a musician, mm-hmm. what do you know about work? And I yeah. wanted to prove him wrong that I knew about work. And when 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 there was no money coming in, I had to find something to do. And here we have what we call a, a dole system. Mm-hmm. Which UB40 is named after that, yep. you know, unemployment yep. benefit system. And I said, I don't want to yep. be on that. So I worked for this this delivery company in London, delivering food for about 17, 18 months, 19 months even. Okay. And then I decided I'm coming back to Birmingham because London's not paved with streets of gold. <laughs> um, right. So, although I knew people in the industry who would take me in and, you know, I'd worked at, I'd done recordings at uh, PWL, Pete Waterman's place. Okay. But at night... Uh, so I'd be there at night where it was lot downtime writing songs, mm-hmm. but it never worked out. So I, mm-hmm. I just decided, you know, I'm going back to Birmingham, but I'm not going back to Birmingham to do nothing. So yeah. I ended up working for this higher company because I wanted to be able to get out of the company should I need to go and do gigs. Sure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. Um, so it led from there that I liked it. So I went from a delivery driver to a supervisor to a manager, and then I ended up running uh, uh, the the area. I became okay. the area sales manager as well as the mm-hmm. branch manager for an organisation, independent, a private company, and helped okay. them build their business. And then it came that I decided, you know what, I'll have my own. So I went from delivery driver to owning my own rental company. There you go. Yeah. And that's uh, amazing. And today, what what's your how do you what do you do today? Well, what's your primary focus today? When I worked for that rental company, that the one that I owned, I was working uh-huh. with two brothers, and I ended up selling my shares to them after about okay. two years because uh, some little shenanigans went on. And and, and when you've been ripped off, <laughs> you Jeez, recognize yeah. certain things, and you say to sure. yourself, mm, "I don't want to be going away and finding out somebody's pulled the rug from under my feet again." Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. why I sold my shares. And then yeah. I said to myself, I don't want to work for anybody else right now. So I went off and I studied music, funny enough. <laughs> okay. Because I wanted to pass nice. on the knowledge. And in wanting to pass on the knowledge, people like to see a paper. Yeah. 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 So whilst you've got, you know, all the, okay. all the, you've got, you've got known success in terms of number one single, gold selling sure. albums, Grammy awards, you know, <laughs> that. But now, Some places in this country don't cut ice, so yeah, they want the academia. Right. Sure. So yeah, I said, right. okay. I went and did the academia side for five years. So I went That's cool. Did, I did music degree. I've got a master's okay. now. <laughs> really? Yeah, I've got an MA oh, good in for you. biology. But whilst wow. I was doing that, I still had to supplement my family because the gigs sure. weren't, weren't – I was, I was still gigging, but yeah. I had to put a 
band together called uh, XMY. Mm-hmm. And we perform reggae music. Okay. A five-piece band, like Musical Youth, but just an older version. Okay. Well, are you that, guys? I mean, I'm guessing at this point you're you could probably travel all over for any kind of like a reggae sunsplash type festival yeah. anywhere in the world. They have those all over the place, they right? They do. But obviously okay. you have to have the right management team, don't you? And I'm running this myself. Oh, see, okay. So now, now Musical Youth, we should establish now, is you and Michael Grant, right? Well, hold on. Before we get to that. Oh, okay. In yeah, terms of, because I know what you're going to say in terms of how do you make your money. Whilst I was yeah. doing that, I trained I retrained myself again, not only oh, really? in the music part, but I, I trained as a in my quest to pass on the knowledge. I get to understand that you need to have these certain qualifications. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine's sister-in-law called me. She'd seen me. Uh, I was doing a comparing for Steel Pulse in Birmingham at an event. Mm. There was about eight okay. nine thousand people there, and they didn't have anybody, you know, comparing it. Mm-hmm. So I compared it, and I was getting the crowd because you still possibly delayed. So I had to find things to do, you know, in terms of how do I get these eight thousand people here to keep yeah. their attraction. Anyway, she right. sees me and she says, I, "I know you can talk." She said, "If I, if I've got a training company, if we train you, will you go and deliver training for us as a company?" I said, "Training oh, nice. with what?" She says, "Cherry pickers." Do you know what a cherry picker is? No. I had access. It's machines that they use to gain it, uh, work at height. Oh, I right. I said, what's one of them? Yes. Oh, okay. Come and have a look. I said, okay. I said, I'll tell you what. You you train me. I said, if I like it, I'll, st- I'll, I'll do the work for you. If I uh-huh. don't, then you've not lost any money. Yeah. And uh-huh. then we, we can part ways. So I did it. And then I trained as an IPAF instructor. I did that for a year, helped them out for okay. a year. And then they said, she said, okay. look, I don't have many of these courses. Do you want to do this course? I said, well, I'm studying, but as soon as I finish studying, I'll come and talk to you. And I trained two weeks as an IPAF instructor. Now, powered access is machines that can weigh up to 35 tons. Okay. Uh, 2,600 pounds, something like that. Okay. But they can drive them at height. Got it. Yeah. Okay. I trained as an instructor, and I now work in health and safety for working at height ladders. Oh, interesting. So when I deliver them courses, nobody, they all they know is this, that's the instructor. Okay. But <laughs> it's only when right. someone tells them, do you know who he is? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. And I look at them and I go, well, who told you? Because I've been standing in front of you for the last four hours and you never said anything right. at all. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. I, <laughs> I don't say anything about same thing. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't, I don't mention anything about me. I, I have musical connotations. Right. But I don't say anything about what I do yeah. at a weekend. Okay. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, sure. Not that I'm embarrassed, but that is nothing to do with why sure, you're here. sure. It's a, yeah, it might distract. I always wonder about that when people who had the have the kind of career and the experiences that you have, mm. and they stand in front of a group of people, and they're a regular guy and they're going about their regular job. Mm. If people only knew what kind, the, everybody <laughs> in those classes only knew the memories that are floating around inside your head. You know, yeah, yeah I'm teaching you about 
cherry pickers, but yeah. I had dinner with NWA, you know, <laughs> and you guys don't know that. And I had well, a number one song 35 yeah, yeah. years ago. You yeah. know what I mean? I just think that's ago. so fascinating. Yeah. But you see, the change in there, to me, it shouldn't make any difference. Yeah. But no, some no, of them, I know. You can right. see uh, that suddenly, all of a sudden, oh, okay, this is interesting. Yeah. yeah. Not to me, greater. because I live what? with... Yeah. But then, that aside, now you're coming back to me and Michael. Well, Michael and myself didn't talk for 10 years. Mm. Yeah, so even yeah. 18, 28. <laughs> okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Michael's doing his thing, because Michael's got his his own label. He's doing remixes, yeah? Mm. Cool. And I know about it. And then we had a situation where I had a... We, we had an executive pension, and uh, a friend of mine from church was a, a financial advisor, and he said, look, I showed him this paper, and he said, oh, this is interesting. I said, what do you mean? Mm. He said, well, you've got a couple of words here. He says, there's a word in here that gar- says guarantee. He said, you don't see that in pensions. They don't put the word guarantee in pensions. He uh. said, but it only guarantees you this amount a year. He said, let me have an investigation and have a look. I said, okay. Well, the pension was that old because I've had it since I was 16 and it's fully paid up mm. and the accountant put wow. that in. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but we couldn't touch it. The uh, managers couldn't get hold of it. The lawyers couldn't get hold of it. So, as. so anyway, he comes back after about three months and says, there's this much amount of money in your account, $100,000 in your pension. Really? Wow. <laughs> so I said to myself, well, if this is the same for me, I need to go and tell Michael, I need to go and tell Calvin, I need to go and tell Patrick Jr. Right. that they need to do the same what I'm doing because I don't want to see them when I'm in my 50s, 60s, 70s. Yeah. They're struggling, and I could have told them. Right, right. So I said, there's oh, no way man. I'm holding this to myself. So I went and told them all, this is what you need to do. So right. Michael then says, nah, Dennis, we're really sorry how we how it ended and whatever. And then we just started talking. I said, look, I've got a band together, you know. If you want to come and do some gigs with us, feel free. And he's humming and ahhing. And he said, you know what? I said, I've got a gig down in Guernsey for the weekend. Come and join the band. I said, I've got a keyboard player, but you can be the second keyboard player. And we'll just do it as a musical youth. And we uh-huh. did it. And when at the end of the gig, I've come to him and I've said, here's your money. I think I gave him 800 pounds. And he looked uh-huh. at me and said, what the? He said, what's this? I said, that's your payment. He said, in all my time, of being with Music Eve, he said, and we never ever made a profit when we came off the road. We don't know how. <laughs> we don't know how. We always lost money. We don't know how. Right, right. We do now. <laughs> oh, no way. <laughs> we do know now. How. We know how we lost money now. <laughs> yeah, sure. <Not laughs> We're lied to. Yeah? Exactly. Because obviously with my business acumen now, which is yeah. almost self-taught, I read a book on how to put a company together. Because wow. before I had my my second, my rental company that I sold, that was my second rental company. I'd had one in between that, that I had to step away. Really? The guys okay. were too dodgy. So I just said, I ain't having this. Yeah. Yeah. But the, wow. I, had two, I had two goals and the second one was successful. By the way, that rental company is still going today. Really? Yes. Wow. And it's got clients that still use them today that I brought on board. That's amazing. So that's my legacy on that side. But Michael then said, you're joking me. I said, no, Mike, that's your money. He said, really? And then from that day, 
we've started coming back together as musical youth, and that was about 2005. Then 2007, right. we went out to uh, the West Coast and toured with Apache Indian. Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, we did a West Coast tour. We did Lake Tahoe, Vegas, San Diego, um, San Jose. We, yeah, we had a great time. We did nice. House of Blues in San Diego. Wow. That was fantastic. That's we had a great time, good. Michael and yeah. myself. So, so how that, often do you play now? Um, well, funny enough, we play at least two or three times a month. Do you really? Okay. Yeah. And we've just recorded, you've got the new album, a couple of songs yes. from the new album there. Um, yeah. The, the new album's called When Reggae Was King. artwork so hopefully the end of February but nice. definitely this year because it needs to get put to bed <laughs> yes now I gotta ask you I was now a couple first of all I mean you sent me two excellent covers Harder mm. They Fall I Shot the Sheriff How Did They course. Come How Did They Come or the Harder They Come yes of yeah. course the Harder They Come um, but uh, Father that song Father. there Father did you write that yeah I wrote that I love that song. It's kind of intense. <laughs> so I'll tell you where that song started its life. It started its life in Slovenia, which is the former Yugoslavia. Uh-huh. Okay? Now, I've got a friend of mine, a good, we've become good friends now. He wrote the unofficial anthem of Slovenia when it was a former Soviet state. Yeah? Iron Curtain. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he's been a musician for 30 years, well, more than that now, 50 years. But uh-huh. he trained as a lawyer. Yeah. And his dad didn't want him to be a musician, hence father. Oh. So I did a song with him one of, on his album, which he recorded with the uh, likes of Chris, Christopher Cross. I toured with Christopher Cross uh, yeah. in Slovenia. Now, me and Christopher Cross. I saw Cross that on your friends. website. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> me and Chris are good friends. Anytime Chris That's is amazing. 
I know, I know. <laughs> like, I would never put you two together. But that's amazing. Good for you. Chris is the coolest guy. I mean, this is a guy. Listen, this is a guy who's won it all, isn't he? A Grammy. Yes. A Tony. Yes. An Oscar. He's won yeah. them all. He's won the... You, you can't get any better than what he's written with, with um, Arthur's theme. I know. With one of the greatest songwriters of all time. Right. Back rack. Come on. <laughs> oh, man. You know. I just would not put you two together as friends. But Chris you know is the I mean? coolest guy. I mean, that you know. great. We were on tour together for 10 days, and he said this is the best tour he's ever been on with the, really? with the mix of people. Yeah, because... You gotta understand, he's coming from where he comes from. I come from yeah, where true. I come from. Then I had my right. brother-in-law. He was there with me. My brother-in-law played with Fine Young Cannibals. Oh, okay. He played trumpet. Wait, who's your brother-in-law? He's um, Graham Hamilton. He plays. Well, with now the Fine Young, are they still out there doing something? Fine no, Young Cannibals? I mean, not really okay. as cannibals because I heard uh, you talked to Roger about um, uh, the, the, uh, the guitarist and uh, yeah, he, David Steele. Is that Dave Steele and. Andy Cox, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, Dave Steele and Andy Cox, they're not interested in touring. Right, um, but Graham played with them. He toured okay. with them. Okay. So that's my brother-in-law. And he also okay. toured with English Beat. Oh, man. And he toured <laughs> with, with uh, what was Roger's other band? General Public. Yes. Two brother-in-laws toured with General Public. Cause oh, my gosh. My brother-in-law plays with Roger now, saxophone. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, oh, that's how you know, you know, it's six degrees of separation. <laughs> I know. That's what I'm finding here, man. You're yeah. friends with all these people that I love, and they're friends with you. That's amazing. Well, when I was I was listening to the interview, I was laughing because I'm thinking, there's Roger. <laughs> and Roger, as, as I said, Roger lives down the road from me. Yes. He lives around the corner. But it's it's a Birmingham thing. We all, you know, yeah. UB40 is the same. Sure. Our trombone player who plays with us. Plays with um, with Mikey, Ali, and Astro. Astro, yeah. I just saw yeah. them in concert a couple months ago. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, there's a big argument with them. I know. Exclude. I know. And I know. There's I've a TV show Ali here. A few times I wanted yeah. to talk to him about it, but I haven't. Oh, come back. oh man, don't. Because I, okay. I look at it as a person, as a miner. Yeah. We got ripped really? off as miners. Yeah. yeah. They were adults, and oh, there's eight man. of them. And if you yeah, can't get your right. shit together to sort yeah. it out and say, where's the accountant? Boom, boom, boom. Not, not passing anything, but I was a minor. Sure. Yeah. I'm so is that from, the UB40 problem? Those guys, there's just more money and people not getting what they deserve? Or is there internal strife between the Campbell brothers? Do you know? Well, there's internal strife now, but okay. if you look at it, they own their label. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and remember what I told you in the beginning, all artists get ripped off. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Get this in your head. Every yeah. artist has been ripped off. Every sure. one of them. <laughs> that's true. There's no artist yeah. that's not been ripped off. Yeah? Yeah, good point. So you either get ripped off and you find out about it and you can deal with it, like mm-hmm. Sting, right. or you get ripped off and it's near or... <laughs> Your career's past its height. When you were in it, it didn't matter, did it? Because everything was all great. But now when you sit back and you try to sit back and look at it and go, where's it all gone? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no kidding. The the clever ones, you see, they talk about Michael Jackson being broke. Michael Jackson was never broke. (laughs) 
Let's get this right. straight. He could right. never be broke. He would never be broke. And he could... Mm-hmm. There's no way. Why? Yeah. Oh, he's got the Beatles publishing, for goodness sake. How can he be broke? Right. <laughs> <laughs> he could be broke with the that's Beatles true. publishing. Paul yeah, McCartney hasn't no got way. the Beatles. Paul McCartney that's hasn't crazy. got the publishing, and he's not broke. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. I know. You understand so what I'm saying? Crazy. Yeah. I do, yeah. The whole history on oh that. McCartney yeah. could have had the Beatles publishing when it first came up for sale. And when it uh-huh. first came up for sale, it was only $10 million. Oh, man. And I but, think, if I remember right, they were recording Say, Say, Say. Yeah. And Michael, Michael made some comment about, yeah, I think I'm going to buy your publishing. Exactly. And Paul thought he was, thought he was kidding. Yep. And then went on and did it anyway. Yep. <laughs> but the whole shenanigans behind that... Yeah. The whole shenanigans behind that is that they had to get help from people to get that for forty seven million or whatever he bought it for. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know. Yeah. Oh man. But that aside, we 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 just decided we're gonna go and enjoy what we do. Good. Good. If we don't like it, we're not doing it. Yeah. So therefore. Okay. We said. We're gonna enjoy it. So father father was Good. recorded uh, I've gotta record the Slovenian version, but that's that that was basically how it came about. Okay. Okay. That's I, I didn't know if you were talking about your own father. No, 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 no. You're a loser but, and you're and I'm just like, man, this <laughs> yeah, is Yeah, I mean so, but that's it's a, it's really tale. fun, beautiful song, but the lyrics are mm. so dark and so depressing and I just thought, but, Oh, I hope this isn't really how Dennis feels. No, 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 no. Okay. I, I, okay. I identify with it because I knew if you speak to, in this country, mm-hmm. for you guys, a musician is a musician is a musician. Yeah? Right. You yeah. don't say, okay, you play, you, you, you wouldn't no more say to Kanye, you're a rapper. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah. What else do you do? Right. True. Yeah? Although Kanye has yeah. been to university. Yeah? Yeah. So Jay-Z right. never went to university. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, That's very true. In this country, yeah. as a musician, and you could speak to any successful musician from the UK, and you ask them, when you were doing your music, what else did you do? <laughs> right, right. You understand? Yeah. We're in America. Yeah. You say to somebody, I'm a musician. They don't say, well, what else do you do? Right. It's like actors. When I lived in Los Angeles, and I tell people this, you go to Los Angeles, you go to any restaurant and bars, the, mm-hmm. the way to serving you. Yeah. They're trying to be <laughs> the next. Exactly. Whatever. I guess yeah. got an audition. Yep, yep. Right. You understand yeah. that because that's what they're doing oh, to yeah. subsidize it. But oh, after sure. after they've had any success, nobody then says, what else do you do? <laughs> yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't go into schools as a number one selling artist mm-hmm. talking about music without a piece of paper saying, you've got sure. a degree in music. Got it. You've got a degree on a master's. Yeah. And you've also got a teaching qualification. <laughs> See, That's that amazing. changes the whole, whole picture. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've still got my family to deal with. <laughs> yeah, now you've got to provide for uh, them. Fill us in. You're married, you have three kids, is that right? I've got four in total. One, one's from outside of my relationship, but no, oh, i got four okay. in total. Yeah. Okay. And okay. I've got my oldest son, he plays in his own reggae band, but he plays with me as well. Wow. On the road in the band, musical youth. He's probably the only one in the band who's a youth. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> right. Okay. 
got okay. my son. Well, good for you. And my daughter plays. So very cool. But that and what's happening with Kelvin? Kelvin. Kelvin. Last time I heard about Kelvin, he was in Poland for some reason. I don't know why. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Strange. Did he? I'm trying to. A few years ago, one mm-hmm. of my favorite shows here in the states is Unsung. Yes. And I saw that Unsung <laughs> on you guys, which I love. But right. it was a few years ago. That's and right. I was trying to find it on demand or something to watch it Can't. before we talked, and I couldn't find it anywhere. <laughs> so I don't remember all the details, but I remember that he, at that point, and I think that was like six years ago, mm. was having kind of a rough time, and he would sort of come into musical youth sometimes, but never stay very permanently. He, no. he, we, I said, I, I asked him three separate occasions if he wanted to come and play with Michael and myself, but him and Michael are like Cain and Abel. <laughs> Oh, really? Okay. They're brothers, <laughs> but they don't yeah. get up. Yeah. You understand? And that's... Yeah. It. Listen, Calvin's an adult, and I have to mm-hmm. respect his wishes. When we were fighting the case, we had to make sure he was on side. Because remember, this benefits him as much as it benefits me and Michael, right. Gina and Patrick. So there's no way I'm getting paid without him getting paid. Do you understand? Sure, sure. As much yeah. as... We don't talk, or we, well, we do talk when we see each other, but we don't have a business together. Right, you know okay. Sure. Now, okay. if he called me and asked for my help, I would help him. Yeah. If he doesn't call me and don't ask for my help, then I can't help him. What can you do, right? Doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean I'm, I've got any animosity towards him, but sure. that, when we did the unsung, he was in his own transitional period of what he wanted to do with his life, because bear this in mind, he was 11 years old. Yeah. 11, 12, 13, 14, crazy? 15. Jeez. The band's finished. He hasn't left yeah. school yet. No, I know. He's still a kid. Right. Yeah. He isn't able to work yet. Life. Yeah. But Michael says he was told his career was over at 16. Ugh. How can your career be over at 16? Most no of kidding. Friends, the world's their oyster. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's just getting started. But psychologically, That's you got to deal with that. So you got to be strong. Yeah. Yeah. He's made some yeah. decisions that he's probably not happy with, but they're the decisions he made. I yeah. call Music of Youth the rock and roll story, but from a different kind of background because Music of Youth sure. was not manufactured. No. This was guys who just just excelled band, with it. Play music, and yeah. We in a band, but uh, it's not a downfall. We played reggae music which wasn't the right. most popular music, <laughs> but it's still reggae music. Yeah. And well, you brought it to the pop- You've made it popular for a lot of people. Whole you know, John, we didn't know how successful, we in the band didn't know how successful we were. That's yeah. our, is that our problem? Yeah. No. That's well, just innocence. <laughs> it's hard to know that while it's happening. That's you know right. What I mean? Especially I remember if you're we didn't have internet. Old. You don't know what's going on. We didn't have you internet. <laughs> yeah. We're just dealing with our own. We're flown all over the place playing this song, and this is fun. But you don't know that you're you're making waves that are going to still be felt today. I mean, I, I, was, I bought the new Tribe Called Quest album, 
Uh-huh. And my favorite track on it is called This Generation. Oh so my not gosh. only him, but Janet, we'd recorded with Latoya. 
Really? Yeah, we recorded a song called uh, Heart Don't Lie. I heard it the other day, I was laughing, because the record company no wouldn't allow us to put it out with, her, with them and saying that we was on it, but it's on the album. Really? Yeah, so oh. it's, it's Randy, Marlon, Tito, Jackie, Jermaine, yeah, so they're all there, every one of them, the only person who was there was their sister Reba, and the mum and dad, yeah. we spent uh-huh. the whole day with Michael, no then way. Jane Fonda comes over. <laughs> what? Yeah. What? <laughs> oh my gosh. So, we spent the whole day with Michael at his house. In fact, we wow. were there that long, they had a power cut, because I, I couldn't believe it. I'm like, this is Michael Jackson's house. How you got power cuts yeah. at Michael Jackson's house? This is in Encino, where they grew up. Oh, no way. Then we did a show with Donna. Was this before Donna. the Neverland Ranch? This was before Neverland. In okay, fact, so you here's Neverland. the thing, okay. here's the thing, John. I remember staying there, and he says, um, I've just done this little thing for Motown, they're Motown 25. Mm. Have a look. So we're in his bedroom. <laughs> Me, Michael, his two neighbours, and J- Michael Jackson. Uh-huh. He plays this video, and we're looking at it going, our, our jaws dropped because he did the movie. No. And he showed yes. us. So he showed you. That, you're sitting in Michael Jackson's bedroom. Yeah. Watching a video of him doing the Motown 25 performance, which, which is one of the most iconic, iconic performances of exactly. all time. Exactly. Yep. And, and he, he shows says, you the. And does he show you the moonwalk in person? Yes. Does he do no, it? no, no. He didn't show us the moonwalk in person. He just showed us the video. Oh, okay. And Still. Was, we, were, we were just like, what the? F-? We were like, what? what did we just see? <laughs> yeah. Oh, we don't know the significance man. of this, John. Right. Think about this. Right. We don't know the. He's just showing us because we're there. And he's he's identified with us because he's young. We're young musicians. Right. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. Yeah, you don't us. know what you've seen. No. You're watching history, and that was yeah. before it had even come out on yes. TV? Yes, yes, Oh, my yes. gosh. Oh, man. Oh, no, the significance of this. So the question wow. we ask him, what are you going to do next? <laughs> so uh-huh. he says, oh, I'm just going to do one more video. You know, I like horrors. I like horror films. What video was it? Oh, no way. Thriller. <laughs> Thriller. <laughs> oh, man. That's all he said. Oh, That's all he said. Oh I just my I like horror films, yeah. Oh. When wow. we were going to the Grammy Awards ceremony, in the limo, in the back of the limo, we are watching a video of the making of Thriller. Oh <laughs> yes, I've seen that. Oh, that's great. I just rewatched that recently, actually, with my kids. The making oh, of Thriller. Oh, that's classic. You don't. That is amazing. Unbelievable. So for yeah. me to say there's one thing, impossible. Yeah. I can oh, I remember know. being oh, backstage. Man. At uh, the Orange Bowl. No. What's that one up in Universal? Universal Amphitheater. Yeah. Oh. 
being backstage uh-huh. and seeing Telesavalis come out of his car. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> yeah. Really? So uh-huh. we're backstage playing football, soccer to you. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, we see this guy, we see this, this limo pull up and we're trying to work out who it is. This head comes out and it's bold. Uh-huh. <laughs> we're looking at it going, who is it, who is it? Then all of a sudden, can you imagine there's five of us back there and no. we're boisterous. Yeah, because <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, right. We're, you know. We're, anyway, sure, your kids. We come. He comes out and we go. It's 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 Kojak. And we shout Kojak, and he gives us his look. <laughs> oh my oh, gosh, we're happy about that. So yeah. we get on stage and we swear he's scowling at us while we're on stage. <laughs> we no swear blindly he's scowling at us. <laughs> Tell no us about scowling at us. <laughs> that is crazy. Oh, man, you must have millions of stories like that. Mr. T's the same. So when we were at Mr. Mr. T, T, and we're saying to him, can you really beat up Rocky in real life? <laughs> <laughs> That's us. That was just us. Oh, it's too many, that is great. Too many, you know. That's great. There you have it, Dennis Seaton. I really like that guy. I'm so glad he talked to me. He was so full of good information. And honestly, folks, could you imagine... Being in Michael Jackson's bedroom as he pops in a tape of him doing the moonwalk on TV for the first time. You're seeing this three-dimensionally before anyone else. Could you imagine that? That is mind-blowing. I want to end it with my personal favorite musical youth song. This is Heartbreaker. I love this song. I'm glad to know these guys are working on some new music. I can't wait to hear it. All right, next week is our last week in this eight-part series focusing on the artists behind the indelible hits of the 80s. Next week's guest is a very mild-mannered, very proper, soft-spoken Englishman who wrote a song that was a big hit in 1985. It is so ubiquitous to this day that you honestly might be a little sick of it. So come back next week and hear the story behind that song and this guy's career. You're going to like it. Huge thanks, as always, to Jan the Man Makevich for putting everything together so well. Thanks, buddy, for all you do. Uh, You can find us on Facebook and like our page. You can send me a message on there if you want. I've been hearing from a lot of new people lately. If there's somebody you want me to try and track down that you don't hear from often enough, we'll see if we can get them on the show. You can send me an email at thehustlepod at gmail.com, or you can find me on Twitter, which I don't do very often because I don't get it, at thehustlepod. New episodes every Tuesday. We will see you next week. Thanks, everybody.